0: This episode of the Bacon House Podcast is brought to you by Wise Good Deli Ham Sandwiches. Sandwiches you say, Wise Good Deli Ham Sandwiches.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Vacant House podcast. My name is Kyle Bargo, and as always, I'm joined by Spike Salter.
0: What's going on?
1: And Hayden Snook. What's going on? So this is Hayden's first episode and our first official episode. Uh, He'll be joining us as a host. So, Hayden, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: Yeah, I'm a central PA, born and grown. Um, Yeah, I'm currently currently involved in a little bit of a a couple of side projects, uh, social media marketing and photography, but on the daily i am a paper product salesman so i hope that's right let's go (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah but uh that's pretty much all you need to know yeah i mean our,
1: our intros were super brief last week so uh i don't think they know all that much about us but it's just gonna grow over time so just jumping right into it um our big topic of discussion today is March Madness because that's right around the corner. Uh, we're recording this on Tuesday. It should come up uh, tomorrow and Wednesday, but uh, first uh, what, 16 seed games are happening right now, Spike?
0: So it's 16. So it's uh, a 16 game and then I think 11-11 game tonight and then 16 game tomorrow and it might be 12-12 tomorrow as well.
1: Gotcha. That that sounds right. Yeah. So that'll be that'll be the big bulk of our uh, our show today. But we're gonna get right into talking about Mike Trout, who just signed a four hundred and thirty million dollar contract extension, twelve years to the LA Angels. What is guys it uh, thoughts it, on that? Is
0: it official? It is. They, I believe it is yeah. official. Yes. Yeah, it's official. It official now. Okay.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts?
0: Um. I mean. I guess I'll start. Um, so. I know that he we wanted him in Philly. I know Bryce Harper was talking about um, recruiting him in 2020 when he became a free agent. Um, And obviously as a Phillies fan, I would have loved for that to happen, but I do have to say that I respect the loyalty, um, especially when, you know, the angels are the second most popular baseball team in Los Angeles uh, behind the Dodgers, of course. So I respect the loyalty. I respect him staying there. And especially when they, they haven't won. Um, so, yeah, he's he's doing this 12 years. And I know a lot of people are saying that's a lot of money, which it is. But if you think about it, and um, it's only like a million or two above what he's making per year now. So, yeah. it's not like a ridiculous amount if you actually span it out over 12. It's exactly what he's making now, pretty much, just spanned out over 12 years more. Um, pretty much going to be the same age as what Bryce Harper is at the end of his 13-year deal uh, with the Phillies. So, I liked it. I, I respected the loyalty. Do I think he's going to win? I don't know, but I I respect it. That's, that's kind of my main
2: focus here. I, I, I had a thought today of if there's any player in the major leagues right now who deserves a mega contract like that, it's Mike Trout. Oh yeah. Uh, Absolutely. He's like the face of baseball at this point. uh, If we can agree on that.
0: I mean, he's the best, I mean he is the best baseball player and it's not even close. Um, And I do, it is Eh. funny that because we keep seeing every single year, it seems like a new athlete uh, tops the the record sheets or the records of, you know, the biggest contract. And eventually, like, we're going to get to a 500 million here soon. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like it's just going to stop here. I mean, it's just going to keep going up and up. And it's going to be very interesting five years from now.
1: Yeah. So I read earlier today that on top of what Mike Trout's already gotten paid, uh, his career earnings, which assuming he doesn't play past what forty one is what this twelve years is assuming he's gonna play to, he'll be around like five hundred and forty million, which is kind of ridiculous. Um, over swinging a bat and running in the outfield, uh, yeah. But uh, to your point about best player and arguably face of baseball, I would disagree. I would say Bartolo Colon, um, but <laughs> yeah. but I, I guess we all have our own opinions. So I also I also read today that there were two other people that had a higher career war that are in the MLB currently than Mike Trout. And that's Pool Holes and Cabrera. So considering they're both toward their way out of their prime and toward the end of their careers and Mike Trout is is right in his prime, that's uh that's really saying something. So I, I definitely agree he's the one that deserves it. And you I mean, gotta I appreciate can... the loyalty.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I, I think we can agree too that I mean by the end of Mike Trout's career he's gonna be better than both those players. Oh yeah, oh, yeah,
2: absolutely. Yeah. And it kind of—it was—I don't know about you guys, but it kind of came out of nowhere. It did. Yeah.
0: I yeah. think it was one of those things where, ever since the the Bryce Harper and the Manny Machado deals, I think teams are wanting to lock up their star players now, and that's yeah. what the Rockies did with Nolan Arenado. They signed him for a mega contract, but like eight years—I can't remember the hundred million dollar mark—but mm-hmm. and now you see Mike Trout extending his contract and I think that's the new wave you're going to see and I kind of like it because I I like this I know the free agency when you move these star players every single year seems like star players moving I know that's fun and it's fun for me too but I also like seeing you know players be on the same team and be like the face of that franchise rather than just being right you know people who move around every single year
2: right and you're gonna see that soon with Aaron Judge and the Yankees um yeah mm -hmm. assuming he has a good year this year um Also, like, uh, just uh, I'm trying to think here. So, like Aaron Judge, obviously coming out of uh, his rookie his rookie season, he had one of the greatest rookie seasons you could considerably say of Mm -hmm. all time. Um, And then last year, he had a a little bit of a down year, but not not as much. But he's looking good for the spring. Do you think it's possible if he has a really great year that he could get that five hundred million dollar contract?
0: I think in the future, yes. I don't think yet, though.
2: Okay. I think he's too young.
0: I think he's too young. And I uh, – yeah, I, 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 yeah. Because, I mean, look at Bryce Harper and Mike Trout. They're 26 now. And they've been in the league for, what, seven years? mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, So I think he'll sign a, a big deal. I don't think that much. I mean, he could, though. I mean, very much well could. And I did want to ask you a question, him, hey, before we moved on. Um, and we didn't even put this in our notes. But
2: – so Giancarlo
0: Stanton last year didn't have the best of years, correct? Yeah, yeah. Say he has that kind of season this year and maybe even the next year. Because what, he signed for eight or ten years, what was it?
2: Uh, it I, I don't know, six to eight, I forget.
0: Do you think they buy him out?
2: Uh, hmm. That's a good question. Um, I don't think so. Okay. Mainly because they, it, it, with the Yankees, they have like a a New York slump, they call it. And whenever a big player comes into town, they have like a kind of a slump year or two where like they're adjusting to the climate of New York. I mean, arguably New York is one of the craziest places to play baseball. Yeah. I mean, especially in the Bronx, like under those lights and all those mm-hmm. crazy New Yorkers screaming at you, it's a completely different ball game. Whenever you strike out and you have the whole stadium boo at you and you're the home team player. Yeah. You know, and uh, oh, I think, yeah, yeah. I think, I think, uh, I don't well, think especially when don't. you
0: come from a place, especially real quick. Especially when you come from the Marlins, when like two fans are in the seats. So yeah,
2: yeah, yeah that, that,
1: that that's quite the change. I'm trying to research a little bit on Giancarlo's uh, contract. Whenever he was with the Marlins, he signed a 13 year deal, uh, for 325 million. I knew that number just because of what Arenado was yeah. 330, or Arenado was Eight. three something, and then Harper was three three 30.
2: 330, 330,
1: right. Uh, So I don't know how much of that money the Yankees inherited. But, um, yeah, it doesn't seem like he's – and that's kind of the trend too. You almost got to think about it. Like all these people are trying to ink these players and keep them around. And I I like this trend because the MLB – people love the MLB because of the drama and the storylines that they can pull out of it because they're making money on all that. Uh, But at the same time, like I like to see a fan base – grow like grow a team I, I like more of that than just everyone goes and starts a super team and i feel like that's literally how the mlb or the nba has been and yep. i don't want to see the mlb get there um so yeah i like these long deals but you're also going to find some busts you're you're definitely i mean i think the angels are still kind of regretting pool holes's taking on pool holes's contract mm. because he really hasn't been that productive for his value so yeah it's definitely interesting
0: yeah, definitely not. Um, and then what MLB the show is coming out next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hey, you're what? very excited. I, yeah. am, I am
2: very excited. I, I, it's just like I play like the show every year, and like I don't like really get into like the whole Diamond Dynasty kind of <laughs> gameplay, but like Road to the Show and just exhibition games all the time, just because I like baseball and mm-hmm. it's just fun to sit down and just play and have something to distract you for thirty to an hour.
1: Mm-hmm. I played that Conquest mode a lot last year and the year before where you're like taking over all the different territories yeah and i found that really really fun because playing online i don't know if you experienced this i don't know if it was my connection but i always felt like playing online there was some sort of lag latency regardless i don't know if it was ea servers or maybe i was only i was playing at the wrong times or maybe it was my connection but i like playing the computer slugging home runs i know when we lived together sophomore year in college you would go on rookie and just beat people 25
2: to zero <laughs> it's just fun it's just fun it, to like mess fun. yeah it's and like fun. and like yeah. you you jack the wind up to 100 mile an hour so you hit mm-hmm. 700 foot bombs
0: <laughs> yeah yeah that, that's that's freaking cool um and, and i know that we're gonna be doing a review of that game uh mm-hmm. sometime next week i'm assuming hayden will probably be the first one that plays it
2: oh definitely uh, yeah i have it on uh download already it, it's just waiting for and price
0: harper's on the cover right I think. Yeah. Yep. In the Phillies uniform. uniform, is he in the yeah. Phillies uniform?
2: Yep.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's pretty cool. That's ballsy um, by
1: EA to schedule him as the cover athlete, not knowing Sony. where he was going to go. <laughs> I love it.
0: It was kind of cool how they marketed it though, because like they, as like their promotional cover, had him like in a hoodie, and it just yeah. you know on Twitter yeah. they were like, "Where will he go?" So it, it yeah. was kind of like good marketing strategy
2: for them. Oh, to do that. absolutely! Very cool. That had to have cost like Sony like a lot of money, actually. Oh, wait.
0: probably. Oh, yeah. Because they might have been
2: thinking like, "Oh, we're gonna have to release this game without him in a uniform." Right? I wonder if they had
0: any inside, in, <clears throat> any inside information. Um, I mean, I I'm sure assume, they
2: were one of the first to find out, right?
0: Yeah, because that, I mean, it's a lot of money, and you're putting your athlete on there. And I'm assuming that that was one of the things that early on, like, "Hey, we would love to have you on the cover. It would be good incentive for you, but we would also like to be in the loop."
1: Mm-hmm. You know, I, I kind of like get to- it. I like to believe that they do the same type of strategy for that as they do for, like, the World Series champion or Super Bowl champion, where they print out a bunch of, like, Bryce Harper and other uniforms as covers. Yeah. And they were like, ah, oh, sh- we have to change this. <laughs> I, was, I, I, would, that, I think it would be the funniest thing
0: ever. I noticed that for the first time. So, like, I always wondered how people, like, printed these out so fast when I was a kid. And then I realized that they make all these beforehand and then if that team loses, then they just get rid of it. So, like, I was watching the ACC uh, championship game and they showed the, um, they showed, like, one of the stands and they had both Florida State ACC champions and they had Duke ACC champions. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. I never knew that they made all these beforehand. Yeah, and, and all that clothing goes
1: stuff. to yeah, Ethiopia.
0: Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's, like, that where that meme came from. Yeah. That little, that little black kid. Yep. <laughs> All right, so you guys want to move on to March Madness?
1: Well, let's talk about quickly, uh, recap from last show. We were talking about (laughs) Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown um, and where they were going. So at that point, we knew Brown was going to the Raiders. There hasn't been too much more news with that, but we did find out Le'Veon Bell went to the Jets. Yep. So, I mean, I personally don't like the move for the Jets. I mean, so we haven't seen Le'Veon Bell play for a year and a half now. So... Even as a Pittsburgh fan, you start to think, like, was he as good? And and, uh, why why am I blanking on his name? James Conner. James Conner played really well this year, so that was part of it too. Like, we really weren't missing Le'Veon as much as we thought we would be missing Mm Le'Veon. So even though he's one of the best backs there, I don't think it makes sense to crowd the backfield with Biao Powell and uh, Isaiah Crowell. So they dropped. What's that?
0: They dropped Crowell.
1: Did they drop Crowell?
0: Pretty really? sure. That, uh, someone really? can fact check me there.
1: I'll do that right now. I did not know that. That's that's news to me. And because the fact it just that just didn't make wrote, sense because I knew Cruel had a pretty uh, a pretty yeah. big contract. They did drop Cruel, Yeah. Huh.
2: The fact that he took uh, less money kind of like chuckled me a bit.
1: Yeah. It's kind of one of those good guys win kind of thing. Like, you know, Le'Veon Bell did it for a good reason and, and – I understand, especially as a running back, that that was treated like a workhorse. But at the same time, like you love to essentially he he put the knife in the Steelers back and all his teammates backs all over money and all over Mm -hmm. his career. And then he ends up getting a smaller contract, more guaranteed money than the Steelers would have given him. But nonetheless, a smaller overall contract.
0: Well, that's my thing is so he got suspended twice for drugs. Mm -hmm. So right there. I thought one of the reasons why they kept franchise tagging him was because they didn't trust him, and rightfully so. Sure. Um, I mean, they were offering a lot of money for one year, so it wasn't like they were like downplaying the money. Um, second thing is, I don't think it's unfair for me to question what his productivity is going to be like. So if you remember two years ago, he sat out of spring training. He sat out of all that, um, sat out of preseason, I believe. And it took him a good six to seven weeks to return to Le'Veon form. I remember the one game he ran for like 20-some times and only had like 80 yards. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I don't think it's unfair for me to question what his productivity is going to be like when that was just missing spring training and preseason. Now he missed an entire year. And he's going to be playing with a horrible offensive line, playing Tom Brady twice. I I just... I don't know. I don't think it's unfair for me to question that. I think he's still going to be good, but I think it's going to take him a little bit. And I don't think that's the type of team that I think that's not the type of team that can afford to have a Le'Veon Bell um, come into form in week eight or week nine. Mm-hmm.
2: And do you think he's putting in the work like as much work as like, you know, he know. seems like the person to like really display it if he's like putting in the work?
0: And that's a great point because he hasn't. Um, Antonio Brown is notorious for posting his workout videos on Instagram. We haven't even seen Le'Veon. Nobody's seen him. There were rumors that he gained 35 pounds. Um, now, are those true or those valid? I don't know. But, I mean, we, we haven't seen him. We don't know what he looks like. The Jets know at least. but I would,
1: I would hope the Jets know.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it's like it's been a whole year, over a year,
1: well, you guys remember that picture that surfaced uh, when he was in Florida doing his rap career, that whole thing? And yeah. he gained like, he definitely did gain like 25, 30 pounds.
0: And that's my thing is, and, and, and then you add on a year to his age, which running backs on average only last five or six years. And especially with, I mean, look at Todd Gurley. What? This was his third or fourth year, and he already has arthritis in his knee mm-hmm. because of yeah. how much he was getting the ball and how much he was touching it, just like Le'Veon. Um, so I don't know i like to trade, obviously, for the Jets. I think he'll make them better. But I, I I don't know about his productivity the first half of the season, and the Jets aren't a team that can afford that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see where the Jets go. I don't know uh, the draft order where the Jets have their pick, but it would be interesting to see like what they're trying to build around because they were definitely a buyer. You don't just grab Le'Veon Bell as like, a piece for later on. Yeah, I mean, You kind of saw that with the Giants. The Giants have Saquon Barkley, who was a great piece to build around but they got rid of Odell. Rid of Odell um, yeah. <laughs> so like, it wasn't like they thought like next year is going to be their year. Right. Or else, or else they wouldn't have got rid of him or gotten more for him. Like, obviously they're, they're uh, giving more like treatment. They're, they're giving more of an emphasis on the young guys um, saying they're, we're going to start fresh and maybe draft a quarterback that can go with Eli or do something, but it'll be interesting to see what the jets do moving forward. And then when the draft does, uh, does hit in April? We'll definitely be talking about that as I well. I like
0: I like what the Giants have done more than the Jets. And, oh, absolutely. And that and, and no, do I think they should have gotten rid of Odell? No, but they're at least building around a generational talent running back in Saquon Barkley. Whereas now, and they have a, a very high draft pick, they can get a quarterback if they want. Um, whereas you're the Jets. Now you have a. Not an old running back, but I mean, he is in like his sixth year, seventh year. And they don't really have any wide receiver options. They have Robbie Anderson, but he had a down year. I just, I, man, I really just don't think the Jets are going to be good at all.
2: No, I agree. It'll be interesting to see where teams are around the draft when we talk about
0: Yeah, I, I'm trying to think where the Giants are. I mean, they're pretty high up. I think they ended up winning like five or six games. So they're not like at the very, very bottom, but I would assume right. they're in 10. The
1: I know uh, the Jets had. I just had it up, and then Bucky Brooks advertisement just started blaring in my speakers. I was like, no. Um, <laughs> but I think the Jets had three. I didn't see the Giants in the top fifteen, so maybe they don't have one, or maybe I just overlooked it. Um, but yeah, def- definitely will be interesting. I don't think the Steelers have anything. That, have that's one. the problem with the Steelers is like we want to be we want to be contenders every year because the city of Pittsburgh. And whatever people say, the city of Pittsburgh, 100%, it is a whole different game. Like, everyone expects their sports teams to be good unless you're the Pirates because, I mean, the Penguins have been good for however many years in a row. Back-to-back Stanley Cups doesn't happen because you're, you're a good team for two years. It happens because you're, you're a really good franchise and you are really good ownership. Um, and, and I'm interested to see, because if, if there is a down year for Pittsburgh, it'll be next year or the following year. Um so I like I said I'll be really interesting to see how they do without their quote unquote superstars um one of which wasn't on the field and then what Antonio Brown sat out the last game because of eh right
0: Yeah, yeah it just he yeah. felt like a diva
1: Yeah exactly and when that kind of stuff comes <laughs> out how how can someone like Alejandro Villanueva or their offensive line or their other teammates like how can they respect that whenever a wide receiver is blatantly talking to the public and saying, yeah, I just didn't feel like playing whenever that was, that that's guaranteed money for people that aren't making as much whenever you go to the playoff games. And that that's pretty good money. That's above a lot of their salary grades. Like a lot of practice squad people make all their money in the postseason if they go to the postseason, which is kind of wild. Yeah. So we'll see where that goes. But let's just hop right into the uh, NCAA tournament.
0: All right. Well, so what we're gonna do here is, guys, we're going to we're gonna go through every first round game. Um, obviously, some we won't really have much commentary on, um, but some we will. We'll have upset bids, um, who to watch out for, what games to watch out for, and then at the very end, we'll uh, go through our final four picks and our champions. Does that sound good?
1: That works for me. Works.
0: All right. So we're gonna start in the East. Um, real quick, somebody check. Um, I think the game is tomorrow. This is the the uh, North Carolina Central game. I think it's tomorrow because I think Duke plays Friday.
1: Um, I'm digging around here. I think it is tomorrow. I think you're right about yeah. that.
0: Um, but anyways, so obviously number one overall seed, Duke is going to be playing one of those two 16 seeds. I don't really think we have to say much here. Obviously, I'm going to go Duke. Um. There's really nothing to say. There's just there's yeah. no way they pull a Virginia
2: unless no. Zion unless Zion dies in some freak accident. Unless that.
0: Zion, RJ, Cam, and like yeah, Coach K is their point guard. Yeah,
1: and I don't know if you can hear me, but I'm I'm very much knocking on wood here because yeah. when, <laughs> wouldn't that be such a tragedy? Yeah. <laughs> you, heard, you, heard it, you heard it here first, but no, I I don't think anyone's picking this game to be an upset. I mean, we don't know who are actually playing. Uh, I was just on NCC's website. And it looks like it was made in 2005. Um, so I don't think <laughs> that type great. of competition against <laughs> the the type of money that's going into Duke's recruiting year in and year out uh, is going to have any sort of chance whatsoever. Yeah. So, I mean, Zion, I mean, we talked about it last week, But <sighs> The Duke has a really good team. And, and do you think they're the best team right now?
0: So I do think Biased, they're the best. right? Yeah. <laughs> But I'm, I'm not at the same time. Like, anybody who is being unbiased looks at the players, it looks at the coach. They If they play their A game and the other team plays their A game, Duke beats everybody. Now, I will tell you this, that Duke is like 299th in three-point shooting this year. No team who has got that poorly from three-point land has ever won a national championship. Mm-hmm. So, what I'm saying is if a team just literally spends all game going after Zion and trying to get him in foul trouble, Duke's in trouble.
2: And there are plenty of times where Duke fans have also came out and said, "Our team's the best team in the in the whole country." And then first second round they end up losing. Yeah.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's 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 true that has happened. Um I mean, real quick and then we can move on to the next game or and Hayden, you can give your input in this game, but like Duke has the best team and there is no there is no disputing that. Oh, yeah. They do. But yeah. they're also the average age of like 19 when yeah. they're going to be playing teams with the average age of 21, 22-year-olds.
2: Yeah, that that veteran status you have. But if you have young men that are mature and are playing the game well, they play just as well as those experienced players too. So it's kind of up in the air. I mean, yeah. you think
0: about it, these kids, and this is why I don't think Coach K gets the credit he deserves because these kids <laughs> – are coming out of high school, and since they were five years old, they've been told that they're amazing and they're the best in the world. They're the best at what they do. And then you throw three of the top five picks in the NBA draft this year. They're all on two. They've all been told this from the beginning of when they started playing basketball. And now they're all, like, not in competition of each other, but kind of. Um, especially RJ and Zion. They're in competition for the number one pick. Now, obviously, I think Zion's going to go number one. But, I mean... Now, like Cam Reddish, who is supposed to go number five, number six, like he isn't the guy anymore. And I wonder how that some some athletes will use that as motivation, but other ones, and Cam has done this this year, they pout, and his shooting is terrible.
1: He's a PA guy, right, Cam Reddish? Yeah, North
0: North Northtown.
1: Now, I I think that's something that people don't really consider is when when a team is so good, especially like athletes like going to the next level, how much like inner competition actually happens to where, yeah. like you said, between between Zion and – what's his name? R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett, thank you. I know he's, he's not really a big name, so I don't really have to remember that. But, uh, no, <laughs> between between R.J. And, and Zion, it's obviously heavy competition. Um, now I'm sure they're bonding together as a team, but it's kind of like the uh, with Kentucky too, year in and year out, they're also another team that that typically churns out three or four people to the NBA each year. Uh, whether it's like a lottery pick or just a typical like draftee, I guess. Um, I guess that would be the lottery pick. But regardless, um, it'll be interesting to see that dynamic at play, Um, and especially even though Duke's trending upwards and they're finishing out the season strong with that win over North Carolina, it'll be interesting to see if Zion's injury has anything, uh, has any stake in the game, uh, considering he just came back for, what, the last three or four games, right?
0: Yeah, the last three games, um, mm. he looked amazing.
1: Mm, he did, he did. But you know how March Madness is? It's it's like a it's like a gauntlet. So you never know. That, that's what's hey, the greatest thing about March Madness is, is oh, you yeah. have some random person pick their favorite mascot and they
0: whip all of our asses. So, Hayden, <laughs> hey, uh, hey, no, I'm assuming you're picking Duke here.
2: Yeah, Duke, all the way, absolutely. Yeah. All
0: right, so we might as well move on. I- I'm assuming mm. we'll be talking more about them in our Final Fours, unless someone picked a major upset um the next game here is the v- vcu so virginia commonwealth versus central florida mm-hmm. um vcu is usually a tournament team um they usually do pretty well um i'm gonna go central florida though they have a seven six guy i think his name is like taco fall taco or something fall
1: like that. man <laughs> yeah
0: like I don't know. Like for some reason, uh, UCF beat Houston this year, which Houston was like the last remaining um, undefeated team in Division One. So I think it's going to throw a lot of teams off, and then also will be a very interesting matchup in the second round if they were to play Duke, a seven-six guy who's a foot taller than Zion guarding him. So I'm going. I'm going UCF here though.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to go UCF as well. I like Taco Fall a lot. VCU lost Marcus Evans um, in the Atlantic Ten tournament. So supposedly supposed to play but any time about that you have to be kind of weary uh they only played one game against a top 25 team this year it was virginia and they lost by eight and i mean i guess you can say that's close with how good virginia played this year but virginia also dropped some stinkers against duke so i feel like they're kind of streaky and they will be a team to
2: think about too what do you got hayden i got vcu over ucf Ooh. um i think vcu uh showed bright spots uh, when they beat Texas and Temple, and I think uh, losing – what's his name? I'm sorry. Uh, Marcus Evans. Uh, Marcus Evans, yeah. Yeah, losing Marcus Evans, uh, obviously they're saying he, he'll be back for the tournament, um, and if he is back in full form, I think they get the win. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's going to be a good game. Usually eight, nine games are good. And, I, I mean, yeah, they're a tournament team. VCU has always been, ever since uh, – so Shaka Smart was our coach when they made that magical run, I think, to the Final Four. Now he's at Texas now, but I like I like that pick. I just I think I picked UCF more for the interesting matchup of the next round. Mm-hmm. Um, the next game, and this has upset written all over it: um, Mississippi State versus Liberty. I'm picking Liberty. Um, I believe they've only they only lost like six games this year. Yep. Um, great shooting team. And they have that number twelve beside them and we all know that in March Madness that number twelve is, is like magic. magic. 12. So I'm going. I'm going Liberty. Um what what about you guys? We'll start with Hayden this time.
2: Um I'm also going Liberty. Uh and not because I've researched into this game much at all, but just because all the analysts are saying Liberty is the like the team to pick. Yeah, they Mississippi are Mississippi State, you know what I mean? Uh it's it's really I haven't really looked into this game at all. I just did my research uh with the analysts and I'm picking Liberty as well. So I'm
1: also going to pick Liberty for different reasons. Uh, I watched, I rarely watch college basketball. I watched Mississippi State play Tennessee. I think Tennessee is one of their, the the two seed in the South, I think. Uh, I expect them to go pretty far. That being said, they played Mississippi State. Mississippi State played them uh, pretty close and it ended up being like a, a five or six point game. Liberty, I like the fact, I love teams that, really change up the pace because college basketball is all about matchups and Liberty is a very, very slow paced offense, but they're also very effective. So I'm really looking for them to pull off the upset here.
0: And this is one of those ones that, uh, cause every year I swear there's, there's like there's a 12. 12- there's always there's like, one random well, team
1: that everyone well, wants to only, get behind.
0: Not only is there like one or two, like 12 or 13 seeds that win, but it almost seems like there is always a 12 seed that everyone's picking for. And that's not the 12th seed that wins.
1: Right. Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah. I know a few years ago, I think that was Bucknell. Everyone was like, oh, Bucknell, definitely. Buck- we Bucknell's want to see young. Bucknell win. I think people we'll get to it here soon. But I think a lot of people are saying Yale because of the way LSU is going. But I'm steering clear from
0: some of that stuff. Yeah. Um, all right. So, the next game is Virginia Tech and St. Louis Billikens. Um, I'm going to go vatech here. Uh, vatech beat Duke. Now, that was <laughs> without Zion. Um. But Virginia Tech's very good. They have Kerry Blackshear Jr. I think he's only a junior this year, and he is definitely going to be in my Scotty Reynolds Award. Like <laughs> That would make I, I, sense. <laughs> he's been there for 10 years ever since I was like 8 years old, um, which the math doesn't make any sense because I'm going to be 23. But anyways, um, and they're also getting <laughs> Dustin Robinson back, which is huge. Um, mm-hmm. He I, He's a top five point guard in this league, in, this, in college basketball. And to get him back now, I don't know um, – how they're going to do with him being brought back into the offense. I know that sometimes when teams lose a guy to injury, they kind of get used to it. And then when you add him in, in tournament time, when you can only lose one game, it doesn't go very well. So it'll be interesting, but I like Vodtech here. I, I really don't think it's going to be close.
2: VTech mm-hmm. all the way, just because of the win over Duke. That's all I got. That's the Billiken is a charmed doll
1: created by an American art teacher and illustrator. You can't bet on the Billiken. I'm going VTech.
0: <laughs> going Ball tech?
1: I'm I'm going VTech, yeah.
0: All right, yep. I have to. <laughs> so then the next game, um obviously we don't know the outcome of the Belmont Temple game. Um and it's the winner of that's going to play Maryland. Now I have I have the 11 seed beating Maryland here, but that's only for Belmont. Um if Temple wins tonight, I'm changing that to Maryland, but I'm going off of Belmont. In fact, I have Belmont um, going to the Sweet 16 playing against Michigan State. Whoa. Uh, yeah, I, I think Maryland is very streaky. They got killed by Penn State this year. Was Penn State, towards the end of the year, was one of the hottest teams. Um, Belmont was one of those teams that everybody thought should have been in, but everyone was thinking they weren't because of the way that Joe Lenardi had them out and the way that the committee has kind of rolled in these teams before. But Belmont is again one of these teams that everyone is picking for the upset. I'm buying into it. They are a tournament team as well. They always perform well. I'm going Belmont, and I actually have them beating LSU in the next round. But I'll, I'll kind of keep it in this round. Hmm.
1: I went Maryland. Uh, yeah, even though Penn State did beat Maryland, um, Big Ten guy. A lot of my picks here. I'm, I'm choosing Big Ten teams because I think that's one of the most the strongest conferences, obviously in in the NCAA. So just due to that. Uh, like, whenever it's someone or the other, I don't really care to research into either of them. I'm just going to roll with Maryland.
2: Yeah, I kind of have the same reasoning behind my pick. I, I mean, like I like you said, I'm not a big NCAA basketball fan until about March Madness. But uh, I think Maryland uh, plays in a strong conference, and to just get into the tournament, I think, proves enough. And uh, for Belmont to barely make it in, I think Maryland has the edge.
0: All right, so moving on, we got LSU and Yale. Um, this also is a popular um, upset pick. Um, I actually did watch a few LSU games, though, when they were playing against Kentucky and teams like that, and I'm pretty sure they beat Kentucky and Tennessee. I could be wrong, though. Um, but I actually liked them a lot. Uh, now, they are in a little bit of trouble. Their coach is in a little bit of trouble. I, I think it was, like, recruiting stuff. I think he's back coaching now. So I don't think this should be a distraction anymore. They got a great player, Tremont Walter, uh, Waters, who's great. Um, I'm, I'm going with LSU. I don't, I actually don't think this is going to be a close game, but I know a lot of people are picking the upset here.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm going to LSU. roll with LSU. Go for it. You got it. Oh, sorry. I got Go. LSU, uh, 14 points by 14. Mm-hmm. I like that.
1: I also have LSU. Um, you kind of look at storylines and obviously storyline. Some people think like certain sports are rigged because it's all about the storyline, but it's really the media making the storyline out of the sport and what's there. LSU does have quite the storyline. Seven overtime games this season, Uh, LSU coach suspended for a pay-for-play scandal, um, and they've been kind of trending down lately, so they are a a pretty good upset pick, and people just like Yale, they like rooting for the the smart guys. And also, there's a possibility that Yale could play Duke, and I mean, how can you get smarter than that? But I'm also going to go LSU, I think that they're going to turn this around, and I think their coach is back, I'm not 100% sure about that, though.
0: He is back, yeah. Um. Alright, moving on from there So Louisville, Minnesota um, I'm going Louisville They played ACC teams very, very tough this year Duke, North Carolina Pretty Actually, they killed North Carolina And they were up on Duke by 23 And Duke had that miracle comeback um, Minnesota had kind of like a Cinderella run In the Big Ten tournament They made it to the semifinals um, I think their hot streak is over I have Louisville here comfortably
1: I got Louisville as well uh, What's his name? Chris Mack is no Rick Patino, but I don't like Minnesota even though they they played some teams pretty heavy this year. The big thing that stood out to me is they lost to Michigan State by 24, and I have Michigan State going pretty far. But you don't lose a game that heavily in, in the season if, if you plan to to do well. And I don't think that was like based on injury or anything. I think that was just them playing like terrible. So I'm going Louisville.
2: I'm going to go Minnesota on this one. Um, Interesting. The only reason I'm going Minnesota on this is because uh, Louisville has lost eight of the last 12 games. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, They were playing good teams. Uh, obviously, uh, I think a couple of them were uh, top five teams. Uh, but I think uh, losing that many games in the last, uh, last couple weeks of the season, I think that can take a toll on a team and maybe put their mental uh, – their mentality somewhere else. So I think Minnesota is going to come in here thinking we're the underdog. So uh, let's get this win.
0: All right. uh, Next game is Michigan state and Bradley. Um, I'm not even going to really talk about this Michigan state. I don't know anything about Bradley. Um, I will say this um, Michigan state's Cassius Winston, who was the big 10 player of the year is still going through an ankle injury. Mm -hmm. and they also had a three-point shooter go down the last game with a high ankle sprain. I I don't think he's going to be playing this tournament, so that's kind of a thing to think about, but I really don't think that's going to matter in this first round.
2: Michigan State.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I I
0: really don't think we got to talk about it much, but go ahead. No,
1: I don't think we do. Bradley beat Penn State, but that's not really saying much, and it was early on (laughs) in the year. Um, But, yeah, I got Michigan State. So So. the way
0: I'm going to do this is we just finished the East here, so – I'll ask what you guys is final four pick from the East is.
1: I'm going to give you my elite eight from the East. Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to give you Duke and Michigan state. I think that this is one of the few, uh, sides of the bracket that you're going to see your one and two seeds just roll through the competition. I don't think, I think with LSU semi trending downwards, um, the only other team that I could really see giving Michigan state a, a shot up until Duke is Maryland. Um, or, or LSU, but I don't really think that's going to be that close because Maryland's played Michigan State this year hasn't been super close. Um, and then, yeah, I think Duke's going to stomp the competition up until this point, and then
2: we'll see from there. Hey. That, is, that is also my Elite elite Eight pick, uh, Duke and Michigan State.
0: And who, who do you have in the Final Four there, guys, winning that game?
2: Duke.
1: I have Michigan State. I think this is where Duke falls off. I think everyone, so Spike, you know this really well. You said at the start of the season, Duke has the best team. They're going to be at number one seed, but they aren't going to win the NCAA. I'm curious where you're taking them, but I think this is their first big challenge. Now, obviously, I think they'll play VTech. I think uh, VTech will beat Liberty, and then they'll play Duke. I don't think that's going to be super close, um, but at the same time, I just think Michigan State has the edge here, and I think Tom
2: Izzo's uh, due for for a Final Four appearance. I, I think it's interesting how you're putting so much faith into the Big Ten teams when I have so little faith in Big Ten teams. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I I like I, anytime I watch basketball and it's a Big Ten team, they end up losing. So I can't <laughs> I just can't justify thinking Michigan State to be dude.
1: I like to believe that Penn State doesn't do well because the conference is very strong as opposed to Penn State just not doing well. So that, that's kind of my <laughs> my thought process there.
0: Um, I actually do also have Duke, Michigan State in the Elite Eight. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, ha- I have Duke in the Final Four um, based on, I think we have better players. Um, sure. Michigan State's like, second best player has been injured all year. He's not coming yep. back. I think it's like Joshua Langford is his name. Like I said, Their best player now, Cash Winston's hurt. Um, and Tom Izzo is 1-11 versus Coach K.
1: Yeah, that, that's not a good stat line. I'll give you that. Yeah,
0: um, and when they played, I think it was in the Final Four in 2015 when Duke won the whole thing, Duke beat them by, like, over 20. Like, it wasn't close. Now, obviously, it's different teams now. Sure. I, I'm going based off of who I think has the better team. I, I think Duke does. Um, but I I think it would be very close if they did play, and it wouldn't shock me if Michigan State would win that game. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so we're moving on to the West now. We're, we're, we're kicking through here. We're trucking through. Um,
1: yep.
0: We got Gonzaga versus the winner of – I think it was Fairleigh Dickinson in Prairie View, I think is what it was.
1: Yep, and I think um, uh, Fairleigh Dickinson just won.
2: So Fairly I think they were the favorites. Yeah, they, they, they are officially the winner, yep. yep.
0: Um, I, again, this is one of those games I don't think we got to talk about very much. Yep. Gonzaga. Zags. Uh, Okay, moving on. Yeah, that's a a good one. (laughs) Um, This one's going to be interesting. Um, Syracuse-Baylor. I I know Syracuse pretty well because they played Duke three times. Um, Their main player's back, Tyus Battle, he's back. Um, They play a 2-3 zone, which is very rare in college basketball, so teams kind of struggle with that. Baylor actually struggles in the tournament. Um, they're like an anti-tournament team, kind of. They've they've been that team yep. um, where they've been a two or a three, and they've lost in the first round. So I'm going Syracuse here. Go Aiden. Orange, go Orange all the
1: way. Orange. Yeah. See, I'm I'm going Baylor here. So eight and nines are always the hardest for me to pick because you don't really have any sort of like. It's not an upset if you pick the nine, especially it being Syracuse here. Like I used to be a Syracuse fan growing up. I used to be. All into – I used to bleed orange, um, at least during March Madness, that is, because I didn't really watch anything. But, yeah, I I like what Baylor has going for them. Um, I think they'll get past the 2-3, and I think Tristan Clark's going to have a triple-double in this game.
0: I I would be – I want to put money on this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You don't think Tristan Clark's going to have a triple-double here?
0: No, what, like 10 points, 10 rebounds, 10 turnovers, or what?
1: Well, okay, so – to be completely transparent here, I picked the first name I saw as just like a haha. Tristan Clark's out for the year. So he will not be having a triple
2: double. <laughs> so that's the so Syracuse coach has a better chance of getting a triple double than. He he definitely does. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. Killing
0: somebody so. in uh, manslaughter. Sorry, sorry. Too soon, too
1: soon, too soon, too soon. I, I don't think it's too soon. It happened. Yeah, we over it. it. If it's true it's <laughs> Yeah. Uh, let, let's move on past that and pretend it didn't well,
0: happen. hey, did you have anything to add other than just go
2: orange? <laughs> uh, not really.
0: Okay, that's that's good. <laughs> With all due uh, respect. <laughs> so this one coming up here is very very interesting. Um, Marquette versus Murray State. Now Marquette, um, they both have premier players. Um, Marquette has got uh, I think it's um, oh man, I just Marcus Marcus uh, someone looked that up for me. It's gonna bother me.
1: Marcus Howard and yeah, they Mar- got Sam and Joey Hauser, the brother tandem.
0: Yeah, so Marcus Howard is just—he's averaging a ton of points this year. Um, I also have a little bit of bias because they're coached by Steve Wojciechowski, which was also a Duke player. But Murray State, on the other hand, has that Ja Morant kid mm-hmm. who has been just on the highlight reels all all year on SportsCenter. Um, pretty sure he's a top five pick in this year's draft. I'm gonna go Marquette. I'm gonna assume Marcus Howard's gonna have like a 28-point, 30-point game. I don't I don't really know a lot about Murray State. I don't know anybody other than John Morant, but I'm going to go Marquette here. I'm going to go Duke coach and Mark Sauer.
2: This this is it, guys. Okay? This is it. This is that 12 that no one's picking that's going to win. All right. It's Murray State. Listen. And uh, I
0: want to hear your John Morant stat lines.
2: <laughs> what?
0: I want to hear your John Morant stat lines. How many I don't points have...
2: I don't even know what you John,
1: mean. John Morant, 24.6 points per game, 10 averages per game. Murray State. Okay. I, mean, I think I – think Did, did still you probably... ask for the points there? Am I right? Yeah, <laughs> Is I'm that what you're asking? You were
2: asking? asking okay. Out. Okay,
1: because I have Marquette.
2: <laughs> I, just, I, I have Marquette. <laughs> I, I'm just confused. I think Murray's uh, Murray State's a good scoring team. Um, I also think that, like, as always, there's always that 12 sleeper. And in my bracket, I have – uh, <clears throat> Wait, let me look at this one second. Okay, so Murray State's going on to the next round, and I have uh, Florida State into my Final Four. So mm. that's what's going to launch them into the Final Four because Murray State beats Marquette here, and Murray State has an off game the next game, and Florida State beats them to beat Gonzaga and upset them.
1: Okay, so it's, I I'll, although I said it's all about matchups, you obviously have to look at like the notable results and see who played who. So, Spike, you're very high on Belmont. Murray State won one they split with Belmont. They won one game and lost one game. Murray State yeah. has four losses on the year. All of them have been within six points. They've kept it really close. They yep. play, I believe, with John Morant, obviously he's it, it's kind of his team and it's it's based around him, but I'm pretty sure they pay like a very fast paced, um, fast paced offense. Yes. So although you say that this probably isn't a uh, the upset people are picking. I think this is the upset people are think are mm-hmm. picking based on based on like what I've been seeing lately and who I've been hearing around. Uh, I, I still got to go Marquette. I love the logo. I love the brother tandem. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta love that. That that's that's big time. And they're the second and third leading scorers in the team. So right behind Marcus Howard. So I'm
2: picking Marquette to go on. Okay. Yeah, sorry. I, I had no idea what you were talking about, the stat line. <laughs> oh, no. No, you're good. I was, yeah, like, I was wondering.
0: I was like, what does he mean? He doesn't know what I mean. Did you not know what the name was? or?
2: No, yeah. I didn't know the name. Like, I, I just oh. I just don't – like, a lot of these guys, I, I don't know all the no, Oh, no. I, thought you,
0: were, I like. thought you were, like, confused on me saying stat line. I was like, wait, what do you mean? But, no, okay.
2: no, I, let I, let I just had no idea what this. you're talking about. <laughs> let me slide
1: in yeah, with this real so, quick. Yeah. Although I'm not picking Murray State. I think there will be a song called John ja Morant that will be very similar to Mo Bamba. And that will be a, a crazy hit this summer. Mark my words.
2: <laughs> can you put money on
1: that?
0: Yeah. Can we put money on this? It's money for putting on the, uh, Kristen Clark. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I will put a fiver that there'll be a song called John ja Morant by someone that's not on SoundCloud. Serious money. <laughs> I'll take that bet. I'll All right. Bet. All right.
0: All right. Moving on here. Um, number four, Florida state versus, I believe this is Bel- uh, Vermont. Yep. Um, I'm going to go Florida state also ACC made to the ACC championship game. Um, almost beat Duke. It took Duke to have a, uh, a buzzer beater three pointer to win against them. Um, Florida state is extremely long and athletic. All of their guys are super tall. So they're the type of team that like, you're not used to seeing and you're kind of suffocated almost because they're so tall and so big. Everybody is from their guard to their seven foot, like four center. Um, Uh I actually have Florida State going very far. I'll reveal that later. Um, I, I got Florida State here. And they also made it to the Elite Eight last year with a lot of the same players, just for experience points there.
1: So, here's my sleeper. Got to go Vermont. All right. And this, I think this is the one that no one's picking, because they okay. lost to Lipscomb earlier in the year by 25 points. Powerhouse. So Lipscomb. Howard did, uh, Vermont lost to Lipscomb. Or did what were you saying? I
0: said, I said powerhouse Lipscomb. Oh, powerhouse. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah, Far from it. So, yes, I don't think people are going to be picking on this because even though they have six losses, they had like a very weak strength of schedule. They only played one team in the top 25. It was Louisville. They lost by eight. So it'll be really interesting to, to see where this goes. This is my one that you got. you got to pick one that you think no one else is going to pick so you can ride that high and I'm going Vermont. and I'll, I'll crack this guy open. Oh, what is that? The old lion's head. $11 yeah. for a pack of
2: pounders.
0: Hey, go. Uh, um, <laughs> I, I, I
2: can't do that. uh I'm going Florida State, as I what, said. What, do you want me. something fruity? <laughs> I would um, much Vermont. rather
0: something fruity than that. Sorry, Hayden, keep going.
2: That's okay. <laughs> Vermont, uh, I mean, come on, Vermont. Like, just the state itself makes me want to pick Florida State. So, I'm going first. <laughs> Dude, right.
1: they, have, they have a freaking snake as their – or what is no. that? It's, it's a wild <laughs> it a it looks, it, Yeah, it is a tiger. It looks like a snake in the picture. <laughs> Vermont all the way.
0: <laughs> all right. Um, so, this next game is very, very interesting. I – oh, man, I still don't know who I'm picking here. Um, it's Buffalo, which all season has been – Like one of those teams that everybody thinks could make a run. Um, This isn't one of those teams that now people think can make a run. It's been all year. Um, And then also (laughs) it's against Arizona State or St. John's and both those teams people are high on especially Arizona State which um, just to throw this out there, if Arizona State were to beat St. John's and play Buffalo Arizona State's coach Bobby Hurley left Buffalo to go to Arizona State and Mm. he's a Ducal. So it's very very interesting. Good storyline. Yeah, I guess I'm going to go – I'm going to stick with Buffalo since they've been consistent all year. Um, I'll be honest. I don't know any of their players. I just know that they've been in the top 25 pretty much all year.
2: Not so fast, my friend. I'm just oh! uh, <laughs> oh, Hey, Lee, how you doing? <laughs> okay, so as a Buffalo Bills fan in the NFL, there's one thing <laughs> I'm I so know sorry. Buffalo isn't good at doing, <laughs> and that's winning. This is Buffalo, Montana. Exactly. <laughs> I'm joking. <no laughs> <laughs> <it> <laughs> Buffalo. <laughs> Buffalo. <laughs> Buffalo's losing. It's uh, either ASU or St. John.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm going to roll with the Bulls. Um, I think it's a Loyola Chicago type. Now, now, granted, no one knew who Loyola Chicago was prior to March Madness last year. But they were a team where almost all of them were seniors that played together. They had that chemistry, and they had yeah. the confidence. Buffalo, I believe, is like that. I think they were they were kind of going to be a Cinderella. They should have made it into uh, the NCAA, into the March Madness last year, and they didn't. People were expecting them to be like a sleeper, and then that kind of rolled over to this season. And they, they started the season out hot, again, in non-conference, not playing anyone um, <laughs> good. But they ended up losing – Three games, one of them was to the, the duo of uh, the brothers from Marquette. I, I like the Bulls here, um, taking them pretty far.
0: All right, uh, Texas Tech and, man, I, I feel terrible. I don't even know who, who is NKU. I, I don't have Wi-Fi here.
1: Northern Kentucky.
0: Northern Kentucky. Um, so, which means I don't know anything about Northern Kentucky, so I'll tell you a little bit about Texas Tech. Texas Tech is a one of the top, like, five defenses in all of college basketball. They also have a lottery pick, uh, Jared Culver, on their team. So, I'm going to go Texas Tech um, comfortably here.
1: I'm also going Texas Tech. Not really much more to it. Yeah, I don't have much else to say as well. Texas Tech.
0: That's fine. Um, moving on, Nevada versus Florida. Nevada is kind of like Buffalo. Um, yep. It's very interesting. Yeah, they've been one of the top teams all year. Um, they have – uh, I think his name's Caleb Martin, who is also, I think he might win my Scotty Reynolds award this year. He was at NC state when I was like four years old. Um, and now he's at Nevada playing. Um, so they have experience there. Florida kind of snuck in, uh, in the sec. Um, good coach kind of overachieved. I-, I got Nevada here.
1: I'm also rolling Nevada. Um, Mostly due to not due to their six foot seven senior Jordan Caroline, but I'm all about the brothers, the Martin twins, Caleb and Cody, like you said, yeah. Scotty Reynolds, uh, winner. Um, but he yeah, is. I like, I like, I like them, I like, yeah, I like Nevada. Um, I don't really know too much about Florida, but I know that people are hyping up Nevada. They were a March Madness team last year, I think they got to the Sweet 16 last year. They can um, score, man. What's that? I said they can score. Yeah, that's so I've heard. So it'll be interesting. I don't think they're making it back to the Sweet 16 because they'll have to face probably Michigan. I can't imagine any of us have Montana winning that game. Uh, But, yeah, I think that they'll
2: win this game. Mm -hmm. I've also got Nevada. Um, Obviously, Nevada, like you said, Spike, is like Buffalo. Uh, People have them kind of being that sleeper team. But, uh, obviously, they're efficient on both ends of the court. They score a lot, and they keep opponents from scoring, and I think that will lead them over Florida in this one.
0: All right. Last one in the West region is Michigan, Montana. Again, for sake of time, I'm assuming we're all going Michigan here.
1: Michigan. Yep. Yep. yep Michigan.
0: Okay. Um, and now for our Elite Eight in the West. Um, Hayden, you want to start us off here?
2: Elite Eight. Okay. Uh, I have Florida State and Texas Tech.
0: And who do you have one in that? Florida State. You know, I'm just going to interrupt you, Bargo, here, and go, I think you copied my bracket because it's exactly what I have.
1: You're talking about Hayden?
0: Yeah, I have Florida State and Texas Tech in the Elite Eight and Florida State beating them to go to – I, I
1: did eight. not copy your bracket. <laughs> we Technically, we can't even see each other's brackets at this point. So, so. so,
0: Hayden, you have Duke and Florida State right now as we picked our Final Four so far?
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I hate you. Go ahead, Bargo.
1: Okay, so Sweet 16, I have Gonzaga, Marquette, Buffalo, Michigan. I'm taking the Zags over Marquette, even though I I would love to see my my two boys roll into the Elite Eight. I don't think they're going to. I got Michigan over Buffalo. I do have Buffalo upsetting Texas Tech here. Um, And then I have the Gonzaga, Michigan. I got Michigan into the Final Four. For the Michigan State-Michigan rematch in the Final Four.
0: That could be interesting. (laughs) That would would and will be interesting when it happens. That would be a lot of drama. It would, <laughs> all right. Starting off the South Region again, sake of time. Um, Virginia. Do, yeah. Do we really Virginia. think that Virginia is going to lose for the second straight year to a sixteen team?
2: It would be absolutely incredible, but no. I I will
1: say, if they do lose to Gardner Webb, people are going to go freaking crazy because oh my gosh, I think like... <laughs> I think that Virginia. All their players in their press conferences all through the offseason. That is one thing I did I did keep in mind because I was in uh, Charlotte whenever Virginia played UMBC uh, and, and the city went nuts. We were out for like two hours and it was like a riot that, that there was this big upset. The first time a 16 seed ever beat a one seed happened in Charlotte and it's the coolest city ever, blah, blah, blah. But the players in press conferences all off season, of course, only got hounded with questions of, we know you're going to be really good this year, and I know you have a lot of guys coming back, and you play great defense, but how are you going to do in the March Madness? And they kept deferring the question, and as time advanced, they, they pretty much stood out and said, it's not going to happen. We've put a lot of work in to ensure it's not going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. Virginia.
2: If, uh, it would be crazy if Virginia lost this. Um, if they
0: lose this again, like, I'm going to put a petition together that says if Virginia ever has a season like they did this year, they they can't be a number one, number two, or number three seed. You start right. them at number four.
2: Could they – do you think they make a move on the coach if they lose first round again to a 16 seed?
0: I don't think so. I, and the only reason I say that is because Virginia wasn't good before Tony Bennett got there. And every mm-hmm. single – amazing uh-huh. at defense and they they – Almost when the AC- I mean, they shared the ACC regular season. I, I don't think so. Uh-huh. Um, I think more so if it happened this year, which again, I'm not saying it is, but I think it would be more in the players because I think yeah. it's like in their minds and they're playing like not to lose this time. They're not playing the win. They're like, we can't lose again. And then they think about it too much. But again, I, I don't think it's going to be close.
2: Yeah, Virginia.
0: Um, Ole Miss in Oklahoma. Uh, I honestly don't know much about these teams. Um, I know Ole Miss, I think he's, I think the coach won, like coach of the year or something or SEC coach of the year or something like that. Um, Oklahoma, obviously post Trey Young. I'm going to go Ole Miss here.
1: I'm also going to go Ole Miss. Um, no specific reason. I like the rebels. I like
2: what they stand for. I like what they're about. Go Ole Miss. Uh, I'm, I'm going Oklahoma. Uh, just because I think because they lost Trey Young, I think they have a reason to kind of prove that. Uh Trey Young wasn't their whole entire team last year. That's a good point.
0: I like that. Mm-hmm. Um number five, Wisconsin, and number twelve, Oregon. Uh Wisconsin is a tournament team. Um every single year it seems like they make a run. Oregon is probably the hottest team in college basketball right now. Um they went in a giant winning streak and they ended up winning the Pac twelve tournament. Um which the Pac twelve is pretty terrible this year, so don't let that like kind of fool you. I'm gonna go Wisconsin.
1: Oregon lost bowl bowl. I'm going Wisconsin.
2: I went Oregon. Uh, (laughs) The only reason I picked Oregon is because the other day I was at the convenience store and I got to watch the end of the PAC 12 championship. And I thought, wow, Oregon won. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) and then I, and and I I was reading some articles and trying to research here for before the show and showing that Oregon is definitely one of the hottest uh, teams in the country right now but uh i don't think i don't trust big 10 teams like i said before and i think if a team's hot against a big 10 team they're gonna win so oregon all right we got kansas state
0: versus i think this is um
2: uc irvine
0: yeah uc irvine um oh this one's tough um kansas state did pretty well in the big 12 this year um they beat kansas i know uc irvine also has a really tall guy um I can't remember what his name is. Um, I got. I, I. don't really know a ton. I know UCI is actually a pretty popular upset. I was watching um, some shows, and, like, Seth Davis has them winning and going pretty far, but I'm going to go to Kansas State here.
2: I'm I'm going UC Irvine only because, shout out to Wei-Chung Wong, professor at Juniata College. <laughs> he's an alum, and he's rooting, telling me to root for him, so I'm rooting for him. Go UCI.
1: Kansas State is my Cinderella story this time around. I think Dean Wade, who missed the conference tournament, they lost to Iowa State, I believe, uh, by four or five points. I know I watched that game. They kept talking about how important Dean Wade was to their team. He should be coming back. It's the same type of scenario as, uh, who was the guy in the East from, was it UCF that he was hurt?
0: Uh, VCU, that Marcus VCU. Evans.
1: Yeah, Marcus Evans. It's going to be a similar story to there where if this guy comes back, which they're saying he will, I think they're going to beat UC Irvine. I don't think it's going to be a question. And then I got Kansas State rolling, baby.
0: All right. And just kind of for extra detail, Dean Wade also was injured last year during the tournament too, so he's kind of injury prone. So watch mm. him kind of be limited. Mm. Um, good next, game, next game is, what is this, Villanova and St. Mary's? Is that who yep. that is? Yep. Um, so you got defending champs here, obviously. Um, St. Mary's actually beat Gonzaga the other week, held Gonzaga to forty-seven points, which is pretty crazy to think about when Gonzaga's high-powered offense can only score forty-seven. Um, Jay Wright is one of the best coaches in college basketball, though, so I'm gonna have Villanova win in here.
1: I'm picking St. Mary's. Uh, I think so. When I originally watched, I watched the uh, the Villanova and uh, Seton Hall game. I think three or four days ago, I thought St. Mary's was Seton hall. So I pulled this upset and then I decide I realized that they, that's not who they play. Cause I, I liked them in, in the matchup. It ended up being like a last minute shot kind of thing, but I, I kept my fault in there. I'm saying St. Mary's is going to pull it off. Uh, and I hate Phil Booth. So we're going to go
2: St. Mary's. <laughs> there you go. I'm going Villanova just because Pennsylvania.
0: There you go. Uh, number three, Purdue versus number 14, old dominion. Um, I'm not really going to say much. Uh, I think Purdue rolls here. They got one of the best players in Carson Edwards. I don't think it's going to be close.
1: Yep. Purdue rolls into the next round. For sure. Yep. Purdue.
0: All right. Number seven, uh, Cincinnati. Number 10, Iowa. Um, Iowa has shown kind of sparks here and there, and then they've also died off. Cincinnati has historically been known as a very, very good defensive team, very athletic. Um, I'm going to roll with Cincy here.
1: I, this is going to be the first matchup that I have a Big Ten team losing. I'm going Cincinnati, like you said. Uh, they have a pretty stellar defense historically, and uh, Iowa didn't do well at the end of the season,
2: if I believe. I think that's right. But, Correct. Yeah. I'm also continuing my trend of not trusting Big Ten teams, <laughs> and Cincinnati will be advancing to the next round.
0: All right, number two, Tennessee. Number 15, Colgate. Not much to say. Tennessee, I think, blows them out. Tennessee. Yep, volunteers. All right, Elite Eight, Bargo. You want to go?
1: Sure. So I'm I'm gonna continue my trend of saying Sweet 16. Okay. Uh, I got Virginia. I got Kansas State beating Wisconsin. Uh, I like Wisconsin, but I know we didn't talk much about this. I like Wisconsin, but they're uh, Ethan Happ. He uh, he didn't. He hasn't finished the season too well. I think he's gonna turn it around enough to beat Oregon, but I think he's gonna get slaughtered by Kansas State because Wade's gonna come back and just tear tear through this. He's not injury prone at all. Kansas State's going to beat Virginia, upset them. And then I have St. Mary's, Purdue, Cincinnati, Tennessee. Tennessee, Purdue in the Sweet 16. Kansas State, Purdue. Purdue beats them. Purdue Final Four.
0: Hayden?
2: (laughs) You like the logic there, Spike?
0: (laughs) I got got lost halfway through there.
2: (laughs) That was a lot. Sorry. So I'll do the same thing, Sweet 16. So I have UVA versus oregon and i think oregon upsets uva here um mm-hmm. they go into the elite eight um then i have tennessee and villanova and i think villanova beats tennessee and then mm-hmm. i have oregon and villanova in the elite eight.
0: Ooh, mm-hmm. who do you have one in that
2: oregon so you have oregon Ooh. In the
0: fun- Ooh.
1: yes oregon uh,
0: Haps gonna shut that down not-
1: in the round of 64 your bracket's going to be busted. Uh, oh,
0: boy, here we go. Bargo is a huge Ethan Hap fan. We always that. <laughs> those... You can't bet
1: against the Big Ten, Snook. You yeah, just can't those white it. boys in Wisconsin aren't going to win. <laughs> you, you love to see the white All-Stars, man.
0: Um, all right, so I got um, Sweet 16. I got Virginia playing Wisconsin. Um, I know this is dangerous. I'm going to go Virginia. Um, I just think they've lost too much. When they've been a number one seed and one of these years, and this should be the year because usually they're really good at defense, but kind of questionable on offense. Um, That's what happened last year. But this year it's been both. They've been able to score and they play defense. So I'm going to have them beat Wisconsin. I got Purdue versus Tennessee. I got Purdue winning that. So in the Elite eight, I have Virginia and Purdue. I got Virginia beating Purdue and going to the final four. And I know that normally picking a one seed isn't like super like aggressive, but I think this is because of the kind of um, look that Virginia has every single year. I mean, people don't expect them to go very far now, so I got Virginia going to the Final Four.
1: And just something to add on there, I think Gonzaga a few years ago was similar to Virginia. They weren't a one seed, but they got dry. I think they were like a two or three, like three, four years ago, and they got dropped pretty early when they had Kelly uh, Olenek. Olenek. I think it was his not the year – not his very last year, but the year before they got dropped early, and then they came back and worked their way through the bracket and made it. I think they made it to the final to the national championship. But yeah, they lost know. North Carolina. Yep. So I think it's going to be a similar story. I just don't think they're going to be able to pull it out.
0: Yeah. Um. Last uh, region here, and then um, we'll discuss our final four, our national champions. Um. Again, for time's sake, I don't really think it's going to be close. North Carolina over Iona. Yep. yep. NC. Um, this next one, um, Utah State versus Washington. Um, like I said, the Pac-12 was absolutely awful this year. Um, I mean, just historically bad for a Power Five conference. Um, and when you have your number one seeded, so they were they were number one seeded in the Pac-12 mm-hmm. tournament, and they were a nine seed. So think think how poor you have to be as a conference that your number that a number nine seed was your number one seed in your conference tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, Utah State has been a very good team this year. Um, can score like like nothing. Um, in fact, I know they're a very common pick to go to the Elite Eight Sweet 16 um, and maybe upset North Carolina the next round. I'm going Utah State.
1: I'm also going to go Utah State for the exact reasons that you just said. You took the words out of
2: my mouth. So, Utah State. I'm going Utah State. I don't really know much about either team, but uh, rumors and reading about it, Utah State.
0: Okay um so auburn new mexico state so auburn um killed tennessee the other day in the sec final um the the tournament final um auburn is a they live and die by the three-pointer and new mexico state i'm pretty sure only lost four games this year so they're used to winning used to winning they can play defense i think i'm picking new mexico state to upset auburn this round i think that I think they're going to die by the three-pointer.
1: Whoa, that's pretty bold. Uh, I don't like New Mexico State. They lost at home by 15 points. I don't think if you're a good team, you lose at home by more than 10. So I'm going to go Auburn. Yeah, I'm
2: going Auburn as well just because they won the SEC.
0: All right, we got Kansas and uh, Northeastern. Kansas is down this year. Uh, This was the first year, like 13 or 14 years, they didn't win the Big 12. Um, their top three point shooter this year, LeGero Vic, um, and is also a senior, um, left during the middle of the season, uh, was taking a leave of absence, and just never came back. Um, it's kind of a mystery. Their starting center, um, Azubuki, is out as well for the season. And then their backup center, DeSosa, is um, out for the next two seasons due to recruiting violations. So they're wow. down here. I do have them beating Northeastern. Um, just know that they're not good. They're not. They're not Kansas.
1: Hmm.
2: Yeah. Interesting. Believe it or not, I did read some articles before I, the, the show, and I actually found the same kind of things you were just talking about. And I picked Kansas, but I definitely don't have them going forward any further.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go Kansas as much as I want to root for Northeastern, which is the high school of my fiance. Uh, go Wildcats! I guess they're the Huskies in here. I'm going to roll Kansas. <laughs>
0: Next up's Iowa State and um, Ohio State. Um, I I think Iowa State's actually going to win pretty handily here, and I know that's kind of risky with a six and eleven. Ohio State barely made it in. Iowa State um, actually beat uh, forget who they beat in the oh they they killed Kansas um, mm-hmm. in the Big Twelve uh, tournament um, finals championship. Uh, so I got I actually have Iowa State here pretty comfortably.
1: I also have Iowa State comfortably. Uh, go Cyclones. You went against a Big Ten team? Again, that's two times in the entire tournament. That's more than I normally do.
0: I wonder what first round. Okay.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Actually, my friends, I've got Ohio State winning this game. Whoa. Whoa. There's the surprise. <laughs> Why? Let's hear it. Because – Iowa State I hate the state of Iowa <laughs> and I I just I just really <laughs> want to see them lose and I really I really 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 hope that Ohio State can just represent like the Big Ten a little bit better. I mean obviously we have Michigan and Michigan State but adding on a little bit of an Ohio State like adding another team to move forward would be uh very beneficial for the big Ten and the look of the conference in general. so mm-hmm. I'm gonna say Ohio State wins this. I like it.
0: All right, next up is Houston and Georgia State. Like I said, Houston was um, – I think they were the last team to lose in Division One. They've been top 10, top 15 all year. Um, I, I got i got Houston here.
1: Yeah, Houston has Corey Davis Jr., Armani Brooks, and James Harden. How can you argue against that? No, but uh, no, I actually think Houston's going to win pretty handily here. Um, I don't think uh, – what is this, Georgia State? Yes. Yeah, Georgia State, I don't think they're going to do anything. Houston.
2: Yeah, I've, I've got Houston as well. I don't know much about Georgia State, but judging by the record of Houston, they've got to be a good team, so I'm going to say Houston.
1: Yeah. Isn't it, that kind of crazy? Time out real quick. Isn't that kind of crazy that Houston, the college, is the same colors as Houston, the NBA team?
0: It is. That is mind-blown.
2: Right? right? It's almost like planned. I know. Yeah, exactly. That's wild.
0: And just to kind of backtrack a little bit, like, I'm looking – because I, I feel like these 3-14 games, we haven't really given much thoughts because um, sometimes there is a 14 seed that beats a 3 seed. And I'm just looking at them. And, like, I just – I don't see any way – But I, I guess maybe Yale against LSU. That that would be the one I'd look out for.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's but, the only one I could see possibly happening. But yeah, that's only, like, my mind wanting Yale to win.
0: Yeah. So. Okay. Um, moving on, uh, Wofford and Seton Hall. Um, Wofford is a team that everyone's kind of very, very good. Um, Seton hall, obviously had a good run in the, uh, the big East tournament. Um, I want to go Wofford here.
1: So this is my most competitive game. I think this is going to be the best game to watch Mm -hmm. of the opening round. I think Wofford comes in really hot. Seton hall almost beat Villanova very last minute. Um, I think they wanted it really bad. The Pirates were so close. They don't they want to win the Big East. They didn't this year. They won it like 2016, I think was the last time they won that. I think this is gonna be a really close game. Now, I'm picking Wofford. I think Wofford's gonna, gonna go on. What I will say is if Seton Hall wins, I think they'll upset Kentucky. So, really? But, but but I will hmm. I will pick Wofford losing to Kentucky. Because I don't think they can go two two in a row because of tournament experience, but yeah, I'm gonna go the Terriers. I'm gonna go the Terriers. Wofford.
2: I'm picking uh, the Pirates uh, just because uh, obviously it's it's a team that has experience in the tournament. I've seen their name all the time, anytime that I pay attention to March March Madness. So I'm gonna go Seton Hall over Wofford.
0: All right, uh, last game, and then we'll move on to the final four. Um, Kentucky. Thank you for that.
1: Yeah, Kentucky. <laughs> Is it a question?
0: <laughs> I was. I was just gonna say though, <sighs> yeah, I'm picking Kentucky as well. But their uh, best player today was reported to be in a walking boot. Interesting. Um,
1: Ooh, now, who's that?
0: I, I think PJ Washington. Now I mm. think that it's just precautionary. Um, but but I mean, it's it's something to watch out for, especially for the later rounds.
1: No, so, I don't know much about Kentucky. Are they more of a three point shooting team or?
0: I mean, they're they're the same Kentucky as they've been the last six or seven years where they have okay. a bunch of freshmen. Um, definitely lesser known. They kind of took a while to, to kind of mesh together, but they're, yeah, def- they're definitely a team to watch for. And if they meet up with UNC in the Elite Eight, that's going to be a game to watch. I mean, that, that mm-hmm. is going to be exciting. Um, so we'll move the Elite Eight here, who we have in the Elite Eight and who we picked in the Final Four, and then we'll move to Final Four and discuss who we think will win. So, Hayden, you want to start us off with your Elite Eight here?
2: Okay, so my Elite Eight, uh, I have UNC and Auburn facing off with UNC handling Auburn pretty pretty easily, I believe. Um, and then I have Houston and Kentucky, and I have Houston actually beating mm. Kentucky. Uh, I think Houston is going to come into that game being the more well-rounded team, and there's always some kind of fluke that happens in the tournament, and I think Kentucky's obviously already a – Pretty favorable team to win it, and I think they're gonna lose out here in the Elite Eight. So I have UNC and Houston in the final four.
1: And Houston in the Elite Eight, right? I'm
2: sorry, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I have UNC beating Houston, Okay. okay. You go ahead and go, Spike.
0: Okay, I so I got, um. I have UNC playing Kansas, and I know I kind of talked down on Kansas. The only reason I have them going that far is because I had New Mexico State beating Auburn. Mm -hmm. So I think Kansas is going to have kind of like a cakewalk that next game against New Mexico State. um, Find their way to the Sweet 16. Um, But I have UNC winning that, and then I have Iowa State versus Kentucky. um, Kentucky winning that. So the Elite Eight will be UNC versus Kentucky, and I have Kentucky winning that in the Final Four.
2: Ooh, okay. Why?
0: Um, I think that, especially P.J. Washington's okay, I just think that their defense, their athleticism can handle North Carolina. Um, and I just think that they they are a tournament team. I mean, the one year when they won or made, they made it to the finals, they were like an eight or a nine seed. Um, Calipari has them ready by tournament time. And I think North Carolina, um, sometimes they just really play down. And, and I think that'll be one of those games.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. I, I could totally see that being the case. My Sweet 16, sweet sixteen. I have North Carolina-Auburn. I have North Carolina beating Auburn in a really close game. I also have Kentucky and Iowa State. I got Kentucky winning that. So, another bracket where I have the one and the two. Uh, I have North Carolina winning that and advancing to the Final Four.
0: All right. So, moving on to the Final Four, then. Um, I guess I'll start. So, I have Duke and Florida State. Um And Again, I know I said that I don't think Duke is going to last more than the Elite Eight, but I'm going to hate myself if I don't pick them because I do think they're the best team. Sure. So I'm going to have Duke beating Florida State here um, going in the National Championship. And then I have, obviously, Virginia and Kentucky on the other side. I think Kentucky is just going to be too much for Virginia. Um, So I'm going to have Duke and Kentucky in the championship. Again, I don't like doing that because – I think that's kind of like one of those, like, of course it's two blue bloods playing against each other, but I do think they're two of the better teams and I have Duke winning 81 75.
2: Hmm. Snook. Okay. So my final four on, uh, Duke and Florida state, uh, I have Duke heading into the national championship game. Um, on the other side, however, I have Oregon making it to the final four facing North Carolina. Um, I think this is where the hot streak ends for Oregon, mm-hmm. and North Carolina is gonna go face Duke once again for another classic. Please, um, no. please, because no. <laughs> you know Duke will lose that.
0: No, honestly, like <laughs> I'm gonna have like I'm gonna like have an anxiety attack before the game even starts, and then it's one of those things where if Duke were to lose or you know, Duke were to win, like think how many years it's gonna be between before they would meet up in the national championship again. So right. that team would have. Like, literally, it wouldn't even be a rival anymore because you have control over the other team. So that's why I wouldn't like
2: mm. it, but keep going. Well, you're going to like this, Spike. No, because no. I have Duke winning the national championship. By 30? 74 to 70. Oh, no. Mm. Very like close it. game. It's going to be another classic. Uh, what's going to happen is it's going to be a, a couple, like a couple last second uh, three-pointer by somebody for Duke. And then uh, they're going to get the ball back, get fouled, and shoot another uh, free throw.
0: I'm stressing out already. Fargo. <laughs> All
1: right, so I'm going to lead with a question. So the last few years, once they go to the national championship destination, you typically see the benches, like the – the what's it called? The court is raised up and the benches are sunk down. Right. Is that yeah. a typical thing? Yeah. Okay. So, when this happens in Minneapolis, Michigan State is so much more ready to go with those sunken benches. They kill Michigan in the Final Four. Okay. On the other side, I have Purdue and North Carolina. Really close game. North Carolina pulls it out. National Championship game, Michigan State, North Carolina. I'm picking the Tar Heels 65-63. to 63. It's going to be a good game overall. First half might be a little bit... I don't want to say boring, but I feel like everyone with all the buildup of March Madness, people expect the tournament to conclude at this big high, and I feel like every year the National Championship is exciting come the end, but the lead-up, people expect so much more. I hope it's not like this year's Super Bowl. I hope it's a high-scoring game, but I'm going to roll 65-63 Tar Heels.
0: Well, it was, a, it was a blast being you guys' as host for the last two weeks, but I'm done since you're
1: playing. <laughs> <laughs> I figured you wouldn't like that. Now, the name of my bracket is bearish on Zion because people love Zion. I love Zion. I think he's a very good player. I don't think that team is, is capable of riding on Zion's back, even though they don't have to. Yeah. But I think they will lose. If they don't lose in the Elite Eight, I think they'll lose in the Final Four. It would really just depend on – who's coming out if it's anyone but Gonzaga or Michigan I don't think I think that game kind of blows away because I do think the east is stronger than yeah the west the midwest I mean the south is really weak so I mean I think the east is the strongest conference so it it would really just depend on who they play
0: I will tell you this I can't remember what the number is but like the last three or four national championships that Duke has won it has been in a city that has ended with Apple's um, and this is wow. in Indianapolis. <laughs> That's so ridiculous. That is the most yeah. <laughs> random thing ever. Yeah. So you're, you guys are welcome for that little bit, that tidbit of knowledge. Oh my goodness. Um, so I, I be- is there anything else you guys want to add about March Madness? Um, the, I mean, I know the reason why I love March Madness is because literally everybody gets into it. Whether you love college basketball, whether you love sports, but don't really watch college basketball, whether you hate college basketball whether you don't even watch sports everybody gets into this and it's like a national holiday for two straight weekends mm-hmm. um you can watch it in school you can watch it at work like it, it kind of brings the country together almost i know that's kind of like a touchy-feely thing mm-hmm. but i just think it's such like it's the best one of the best sports traditions that we yeah. have in america
2: i'll uh, i'll never forget uh i believe it was seventh grade in writing class with mr clark um, Berg, I don't know if you were there or not. Mr. Clark was sixth grade. Sixth oh, grade. Okay, it was sixth okay. grade. Uh, I remember March Madness being on, and, like, if there was one... I absolutely hated middle school, and I... Oh, yeah, I, I feel that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that I hate that, hate, that first, was hated he does days. Yeah, yeah, how about it? If there was one time <laughs> where <laughs> I felt... If there was one time where I felt like people felt kind of unified in middle school, it was there watching basketball with the teacher, and just, like everyone getting along and kind of laughing at like mistakes teams would make if a team would win people would get excited and like I didn't even watch basketball in middle school so it was kind of like it was interesting to kind of jump into that and then now it's just a way to bring friends together like we have that group chat and we have a have a a bracket competition for for a little bit of money and it's just a way of getting friends to to talk to each other and and just have a friendly bet. And that communion together is uh, pretty impressive how March Madness brings people together.
1: For sure, yeah. I'll add to that. I think what you guys said is definitely uh, definitely true. Um, More often than not, you find that people that win these brackets and get really invested are people that have no clue about college basketball. And I'm sure that would be frustrating for a college basketball diehard and fan. Um, But what I think is really cool is this is the only sport where you can be a complete bandwagon, and no one judges you whatsoever. I can I can not watch a single Michigan State game, and I can confidently sit here and argue with you as to why Michigan State will make it to the Final Four, why they'll beat Duke. I might not have any actual argument or substance, but I can do that, and it's all in fun and games, and that's just March Madness. You never know what's going to happen. And adding to uh, to your story about 6th grade with Mr. Clark, I think it was high school. I know it was high school because they played the the March Madness in the cafeteria on that big down projection Don't screen. Don't you dare! Right? What are you? No, it, talk it about? wasn't. It wasn't with Duke. It was whenever Ohio State lost first round when they were okay. seeded. I want to say like three or four. I think it was our sophomore year or junior year. So like six, seven years ago. But Ohio State lost, and our school, being in Central PA, is so Penn State driven. We all hate Ohio State. At that moment, it was everyone. Was so happy, except for the few and the proud that are these Ohio State douchebags, you know. So, <laughs> so
0: well, I we, just got, we just got an E on the side of this podcast. Way to go! <laughs>
1: hey, we're gonna be rolling with some E's here soon. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll we'll take the punches. We'll we'll take them as they come in. But yeah, I, I think that sense of unity uh, that we have will, uh, or that that we don't have in today's society, kind of comes out when when March Madness rolls around.
0: Yeah. I agree. Any um, anybody have anything else to kind of add as we kind of wrap this up?
1: I, I think uh, we're good to yeah. conclude to conclude this episode. It's been kind of long winded, but we we cover a lot. And I, when I say a lot, I mean a lot of content. Uh, well, we obviously I know. Talked, Go ahead. I was gonna say we obviously talked about the Mike Trout deal and Le'Veon, and touched on a few things. But being able to walk through these brackets in under an hour uh, is is pretty. Got to pat you guys' uh, backs on that one. It was pretty good.
2: I had a lot of fun, though. That's that's mm-hmm. what's important, for sure. For sure.
0: Well, I know um, what we're going to be doing is every single week, we're, obviously, we're going to go over our drafts, how we did in that round of 64 and in the round of 32. Because the next time we record for March Madness, it won't be until next week. So we'll be in the Sweet 16 by then. Um, but we'll go over what happened. We'll go over our picks. And then we'll pick a fresh set of games for the Sweet 16, if that's all right with you guys. Um,
2: yeah. And that then look, to me.
0: looking forward to, to future episodes, just to kind of give people uh, a little bit of a hint of what we're going to be doing later on. I know one of these episodes we're going to be doing Kingdom Hearts, correct, Bargo?
1: That is, that is true, and I'm very excited for that. I know Hayden's, I don't want to say dreading it, but it's going to be... It's going to be an educational session for young Hayden over here on hey, the floor.
2: I'm, I'm excited to learn and I'm excited to like find out why you guys love it so much. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And we'll Absolutely.
1: definitely, we'll definitely get into that uh, in due time, but just to add on to kind of wrap up our, our March madness discussion. And for this round of the podcast, whenever we meet again in two weeks or next week and talk about sweet 16 and you two are repicking your brackets and my bracket is still perfect it'll be a very fantastic and exciting time in my life. Okay.
2: Can I do the outro? Well, hold on. You can't.
0: Hold on, let me just say this. I'm gonna say, and Hayden, I bet you can agree with me here. Okay. Tristan right. Clark has a better chance of having a triple double than Bargo having a perfect bracket at the first weekend.
2: Or, or, or Tristan Clark has a better chance of having a triple double than Bargo ever getting a hit in Babe Ruth baseball.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh, Boy. Well, now, now you gotta tell the people about the story I'm about how I went over 33 I, with 31 strikeouts.
2: Well, I'll tell you what. We should have a separate po- uh, podcast about our experiences in Babe Ruth baseball and little league and so on now, I will set that quick, one quick. out I will, uh, <laughs> real,
0: real quick real quick. let me tell the story and then Hayden you can sign us off here so the way the Babe Ruth worked it was 13 through 15 year old obviously and then we also had a separate 13 year old league and the way this 13 year old league was it was mostly 13 year olds but then it was also <laughs> like 14 year olds who like
1: that weren't good enough
0: there yeah he said it not me and um, weren't good enough it was hilarious because uh Reedsville was playing Belvo, so Bargo's team, Bargo's 13-year-old team was playing my 13-year-old team, but Bargo was 14, and I was already, you know, not playing that anymore. And I umped his games, and it was just, oh, man. I You had to be there to, to, to see it and believe okay, it. Okay, so, was- so
1: I'm going to interject here real quickly. So a few things. First year playing baseball, Number <laughs> number number one red flag. Second sure. thing, baseball age, I was technically 13. That's so fair. it would have been my first year there. Thirdly, I was the first person in my family to go to Babe Ruth. So my dad bought me a little league bat that I used for half of the time. So, so that, that obviously didn't help. It was a uh, 35. It, it was freaking heavy as hell. But the barrel was so skinny and so small that the ones that I would crush to the outfield, my barrel just wasn't big enough. And then at the very end of the season, the last team we played was Burnham. And Drew Hannon was on that team and I had so much faith that I was going to get my first hit, and he beamed me three times in a row. So there's my Little League story in 150 words. And we'll we'll end it there.
2: All right, everybody, thanks for joining us if you listened. Uh, Check us out on our social media if we have it up yet. Uh, I'm not sure if we'll have it up by that time. (laughs) But uh, if not, uh, this is the Vacant House Podcast. Thanks for listening.
0: Thanks, guys. Thank you.